Hello, my name is Julie King and this is the Bonnelly Tourism in a New Era podcast. Each week I'll be interviewing global leaders in the complete tourism supply chain. We will hear how they've adapted, challenges they've faced and overcome, new measures in place and how they are innovating and marketing to rebuild confidence. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning. Our fourth destination that we'll be showcasing today is Fiji. We will hear how Fiji as a destination has adapted, challenges they've faced and overcome, new measures in place, and how they're innovating and marketing to rebuild and reshape the future of tourism. I'm honoured today to introduce you to our guest speaker, Matt Stockel, CEO of Fiji Tourism. Matt, welcome and thanks so much for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to discussing Fiji's plans, vision and insights for tourism recovery. So we've got a lot to discuss. So I'm going to start with talking about the impact on Fiji. You have the task of navigating tourism Fiji through the pandemic, a significant challenge for a destination where tourism contributes 40% to the island's nation GDP. How challenging has this been for the industry and what measures have you put in place to ensure visitor confidence across the whole customer journey when the destination reopens? Thanks, Julie. Fiji is doing it tough. You can imagine with an economy which has 40% is based on tourism industry when international borders closed in March. We've seen a big impact on our tourism industry as well as, of course, the broader economy. So I really do feel for our operators in Fiji, we are a resilient bunch. We're not any strangers to facing crises. And this one is a big one, but we will get through this resilient, full of spirit and you know, work together as a nation. And you've recently launched Care Fiji Commitment. I know you're doing a lot of training at the moment um, to operators in tourism. Talk to me about what the sort of process is and what measures visitors can expect from that program. Yeah, sure can. It's a program we're so proud about. The first point to really make is whilst we're doing it tough as an industry with closed borders, we've now exceeded 200-day milestone of having no community transmissions. in Fantastic. Fantastic. So the destination did a great job on responding very early and very confidently with measures that have kept Fijians safe and put us in a great position now to be able to reopen our borders when the time of travel's right. But of yeah. course, there's a few things we needed to line up before we could do that. And one of them is our Care Fiji commitment. We know through the research, we hear anecdotally, and I'm sure when you chat to customers, it's the same, that when people travel again, safety is going to be top of mind. So what we wanted to have is a really consistent program to be able to reassure Australians that Fiji is a safe destination to travel on their next vacation. We wanted to do that not by just a brand or marketing, but actually a destination-led program. Right. FVG Commitment is a program that's being led by Tourism Fiji, but it's not developed by us. It's developed with government, with health department, industry colleagues, and in consultation with our trade partners. Right. A really comprehensive destination-led program, which is going to assure that across the destination, each and every tourism business are following a set of guidelines and implementing them within their operation. And can I ask, Matt, just on that program, how is it assessed? So the criteria is there. Who assesses the various tourism products in Fiji to make sure they're compliant in this situation? And is it audited afterwards to make sure that they're keeping up with that? A great question and one we've had months and months of, mm. of debate over about 
where is the right balance between compliance and practicality? The way our program works is we are out there now training a wellness ambassador within each and every tourism business. So that's someone from each attraction, each resort, each tour operator is nominated and they come forward and they undergo a really comprehensive training program to make sure they've got the knowledge, the tools, the resources and the understanding they need to ensure that their business aligns with the government's COVID-safe operational guidelines. So there's hands-on training, there's support, there's case study, there's simulations all provided into this module. And at the end of it, the wellness ambassador completes an action plan. And that documents all the ways the business is doing to align to the Care Fiji commitment and the guidelines in place that have been proposed by our health department to ensure that Fijians are kept safe as well as international visitors. Right. And once that's completed, that's uploaded, and then they can complete a self-audit against their checklist on a regular basis. What that then does is gives us confidence to go out and say, we're here, we've got the Care Fiji commitment in place. These are the six major things that are within the destination at each and every touch point that you can be reassured about. Right, okay. And I think that's going to make a big difference and particularly having consistency of this approach. So as part of this program, the collateral down to floor decals to all sorts of other collateral to remind and prompt people about it will be produced by us and distributed right across Fiji and have a very much a destination kind of feel and consistency about the expectations for how industry are meant to operate during this time. Right. As well as importantly, Julie, any commitments two-way. So we're going to make a commitment to our visitors on what we're going to do to reassure their safety, but they need to do the same for us. Part of their commitment is when visitors come over to Fiji, that they tell us what their commitment to the destination is as well. It's not onerous. It's right. things that you expect and are at play in everyday life here in Australia, such as don't travel if you're unwell, alert us if you're sick, maintain good hygiene or washing your hands and, you know, keep up that physical distancing. Chuck a mask in your bag for use on the plane or as required. So things that people are used to doing anyway at the moment during the pandemic. So there's nothing unusual from that side. Okay. And going back to the wellness people that are trained within the various products around Fiji, is there a mandate that they need to be self-auditing a number of times, you know, over a course of a period of time to make sure that that upholds moving Mm. forward? Is that not something that's in place? Well, we're very flexible with it. We haven't implemented a destination-wide training program like this before. Right. First step for us is to do the training, do the implementation, all the wellness ambassadors complete their detailed action plans. They are all uploaded and then they can be reviewed and we can determine whether additional training may be required, upskilling that needs to be done or focus on what do we as a country need to do to ensure that these standards are maintained across the destination. If there's one thing I've learnt during a pandemic is be flexible. That's right. Give it a go, adapt and work through to ensure something's a success. But what we've got to do is start it and keep working towards those goals. So I'm sure we'll get there. Yeah. And at the moment, we've been busily training the wellness ambassadors across Fiji. We're also training all our trade partners. So they're, you know, frontliners, res teams, product managers. Also, they're aware of what Care Fiji commitment is. 
Right. They can answer questions their clients will have about right. traveling to Fiji, their expectations and discussions on, you know, what if scenarios. Yeah. And then finally, we'll take this to the consumers when we're ready, perhaps the end of this month, maybe in December, and start to reassure all Australians that they can choose Fiji for their next holiday destination because right. there's great safety standards in place. Okay. And when you take that to the consumer, is that going to be through digital marketing and and so forth that you probably that, communicate that through? Yeah, mm. naturally. We've got a really comprehensive communication program that's in place at the moment, yeah. even with borders are, are closed. Yeah. And before we, we tell everyone we're open, there's probably a window there where we're going to be telling them that it's safe to come. And finally, when borders do reopen, you can imagine we're going to scream that from the top of every building. Absolutely, absolutely, and deservedly <laughs> so. Is there any sort of indication yet at this stage of what sort of timeline you're looking at for opening Fiji to the world at large, or is that going to be an approach of specific countries You know, for some time? Mm. How's that going to work? It's a question I get asked every day. Mm maybe a million times every day. I'm sure. And it's a question I can't answer. The borders are, of course, a policy decision between Australian government and Fiji government. Yeah. And we're waiting on an outcome from those discussions to let us know when travel is, is safe again. Right. But it doesn't stop us from being ready. So right. we can't wait to see Australians again in Fiji. And okay. I'm sure all those Australians out there are desperate to get back to Fiji. Right. So. It's just a matter of waiting until okay. the decision has been made that borders okay. reopen. Because, you know, we have a global audience, does that apply for the rest of the world as well in terms of there's no sort of specific timeline for oh, the yep. UK market and other, you know, sort of markets around the world that are looking to come to Fiji? Of course, apologies for all of your listeners that aren't Australians. No, no I worries. The, it's the same approach. Yes. So we've got, I'm sure you asked me a few questions about our marketing campaigns coming up and yes. I can talk through then how we're navigating a pretty, I put it, uh, a different strategy is likely to be required for each different market because yes. some are likely to be open, others might be open with some restrictions, some are going to be closed. So there's a real different approach and strategy going to be required in our source markets right. and so we've got a system how we're going to manage that and that's obviously going to depend on right. what the travel policies are for each source market to the destination. Wonderful. In terms of support that Fiji have given to your local industry on the ground in Fiji, what has happened there? Has stimulus packages and things been executed to support obviously with that with the destination relying so much on tourism, you know, what has been done to help tourism operators in this time? The government's got a very proactive approach to all their stimulus, the tourism industry, and probably the a really significant part of it is a number of policy matters on reductions to taxes that will obviously really take into effect when business is back up and running. But as well as they provided a 60 million, that's Fijian currency, stimulus or travel rebate, which is a stipend for the tourism industry to ensure that when the time is right for travel once again, that we can provide really great competitive packages to ensure that we can bounce back, bring in our international visitors, and then through that, put Fijians back into jobs and draw productivity and profitability across the travel industry. 
Great. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. And in terms of collaboration, we know that the way forward in future is from sort of moving from silo to integrated and moving to collaborate much more and unite with the industry to overcome not just this pandemic, but other things that we face, other you know global crises that we face in future. Can you tell me a little bit about how Tourism Fiji has worked with its local industry stakeholders across the whole ecosystem, you know, from the onset of the pandemic until now? You know, my second question around that would be, is there any best practice examples or perhaps new partnerships or groups that have been formed to tackle the impact of the pandemic? The first thing to understand about Fiji is the industry calls itself the Fiji family. We're all in it together. Yeah. And Dovata is a local word which really describes that togetherness. Mm-hmm. And that's how we've approached this crisis. The work we do is all destination led. That's all industry together with our trade partners and with government, ensuring that we've got approach that works best for the country. The first thing we needed to do is to have a strategy. And the irony is I just presented in January a three-year strategic plan right. for Fiji's tourism industry. So had my new Butte, new three-year plan. And of course, come March, that went in the, the waste paper bin. And very quickly, we came up with a new strategy. It's very simple. In fact, it's just one matrix or one diagram, and it's our four stages of market re-entry. We mapped out all the scenarios that could occur for each specific source market from where we were at the height of the pandemic to where we needed to be. So within all those 12 scenarios, we were able to group them into four separate stages. And at each stage, we have a different consumer message a different trade engagement program, a different communications schedule, different marketing and promotional activities plan, different levels of investment. And that's how we map. And on this matrix, we map each of our source markets according to which stage they're at. And we have a specific approach for those in stage one to stage two, et cetera. As part of that process, you had already developed a strategic plan and then quickly as the pandemic hit, you had to revise this to put that through. Was the process that you brought the whole industry together into sort of focus groups, you know, through virtually as we were doing to actually bring that together or how did you do that? In the height of the pandemic, communication was key, right? It's needed to have the latest information to make really tough decisions, whether to stay open or shut. Yeah. Um, what to do with staff, yeah. what to advise their trade partners and future bookings. So yeah. crisis communications became first and foremost our priority. And at the core of that was a simple thing such as a daily EDM that went out across all our trade and industry partners. We also take all the outcomes of our strategic planning to our industry to ensure they're aligned. Right. But before we've got there, naturally, we've done a lot of consultation There are a number of task force and committees that were set up in the destination, a tourism response team, one, and a COVID risk management task force, another, with really senior representatives from government and industry to come together to align views and strategies with how we can move forward. When we came up with the plan, we needed all our industry to be aligned with it because there's no point having a strategy unless everyone's aligned to it. Exactly. For stage one, our message was sotatale, another local word, 
which is really to say, stay safe and we'll see you soon. Right. All of our industry adopted that messaging and we had the publicity, social media response and everything to align with it. Then once our local industry was reopened, so we opened to domestic tourism, we moved to stage two, which is a ball of spirit awaits you. So starting to share a more optimistic message with our markets to build anticipation that you can dream and even plan about a trip to Fiji. You can't quite get here yet, but you can plan about it. And so that's our stage two and all our industry adopt that as well. So then we've got stage three when our borders announcements are made. We'll be telling everyone out there that Fiji's open finally before moving on to stage four where we'll be a little bit back to normal or perhaps a new normal, which uh, we like to call it. Everything done with industry and we're very lucky that we are a small industry, a really engaged one. Yeah have been able to get fantastic alignment across the destination. That's great to hear. Just moving on to marketing now and from our research and looking at global trends at the moment, we're seeing a a massive shift in this new era from what was before, I guess, many inspirational destination campaigns to much more human connected and emotional storytelling campaigns that are authentic. Can you tell us a little bit about how your campaigns have shifted in this time to adapt to this trend? I know that you've got the Boulinaires campaign, if I, if I have spelled mm-hmm. it correctly, and the Love Our Locals campaign. I'd love to hear more about the process that you went through to develop these campaigns and the impact that you've had with them. We're really lucky with this trend because we haven't changed anything. We yeah. are all about authentic hospitality and uh, bull of spirit. Yeah. Bull of spirit is ubiquitous anywhere in the destination. I can guarantee you no matter what resort you went to, which tour operator or which local bus you hopped on, you'd get that same world famous bull of greeting and that extension of genuine hospitality. So that's been our mode of operating and promoting for, for forever. And we're lucky that there's been a focus onto these authentic stories. Yeah. We have put in place a couple of programs recently to help bring it to life because it's one thing for the National Tourism Board to say it, but we needed a more authentic voice to communicate this message. Yeah. And we've done this through Bullinaires. So Bullinaires is our take on the Forbes Billionaires list. Right. And Instead of celebrating the billionaires with the most amount of money, what we celebrate in Fiji is the people rich in happiness. Yes. There are billionaires. And in each and every tourism business, we went out there and ran a process where each business could nominate their own billionaire. So someone that really embodied that buller spirit and, you know, touched and impacted the lives of the visitors in that resort. And we gave them a profile. We showcased them through social media. We encouraged all our industry to use them to be on the first wave of their PR and their own promotions. And so through this, we activated a grassroots medium for our industry to speak and speak through their bullionaires, their frontliners. Yeah, wonderful. Gardeners or pool attendants or activity staff to housekeepers to duty managers, whatever it was, we really pulled out those authentic characters in Fiji. It's through these bullionaires that we can still continue to tell stories, to use an authentic message to be more engaging online because we know people want that authentic content and it's fortunately for us that people aren't 
looking for highly polished videos on social media and high production costs that we can turn this around really quickly and yeah. the results speak for themselves. And what sort of feedback are you getting from visitors to the destination on this program? Are they out there looking for these billionaires and are they connecting to them and asking them questions? We would have known a little bit more had the pandemic not yeah. hit. Yeah. Um, at the same time when the pandemic hit in March was also a happiness month. Right. We had a whole host of activations planned across the destination to bring Bolognese right. to life. Right. And the Bolognese aren't gone. They're yeah. still there. And it's a program that would reactivate when the time is right That's again. Right. Okay. But the feedback was just awesome. Yeah. Um, people really believed in it. And particularly on the ground, so industry is so supportive about it and yeah. the Bolognese themselves and the frontline are so proud to be recognised and to be showcased that, you know, of the impact they make to visitors. And we really hope and ambition of this program is that Bolognese becomes an everyday word. Yeah. And so when, you know, someone does something great in Fiji to support a guest or goes that extra mile, they get a slap on the back and say, hey, yeah, you're a Bolognese. You're spreading your happiness with others. Yeah, that's wonderful. And so the other campaign then was more about the Love Our Locals. So is that got a completely different shift altogether? Yeah, that's our domestic tourism campaign. So okay. we do have a domestic tourism industry. Okay. It's a lot more modest, I'm right. sure, than where a lot of your audience are listening in from, you know, the US, Australia, New Zealand, Europe. Yes. But it's still a great market for us. And of course, it's our primary focus at the moment to help sustain those businesses that have been lucky enough to stay open and stay operate through this period. Right. We've got our Love Our Locals, which is a great platform to encourage all Fijians to get out there and check out your own backyard and support your tourism industry. Right. And it has surpassed all expectations, way beyond what we thought we'd achieve with it. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. And then you've also aired recently The World's Toughest Race, and that seemed quite a massive production with 66 teams, I believe. And mm. what I read was over 700 army and 200 crew of volunteers. Tell us about that, because it hasn't been aired for many, many years. And obviously, mm. I think Fiji was probably the first destination, is that right, to, to relaunch yeah. it with? going to get this wrong, but I'm pretty sure Fiji was the last destination about 10 years ago, and now right. it's the first destination to right. come back into production. Right. It's a Mark Burnett production. It's available on Amazon Prime, and for anyone who's you know interested, it is a fantastic piece of content. The adventure race is just awesome, and it takes cameras right into the core of our interior and never before seen places. And it's just a stunning piece that, you know, has obviously aired through online mediums and it's a significant program for us. It's just a pity about the timing. But yeah. it's still great to have that content out there and show that Fiji's a lot more than the sun, sand and surf. And we've got some fantastic uh, natural areas and, and experiences that people can participate on as well. Did I read correctly? It was around 10 episodes? It's close to probably 10 episodes. Yeah. And it's available online. So anyone that wants to binge watch, they can yes. go to Amazon Prime. And, and <laughs> Sounds watch. good. Sounds There's good. two Fijian teams in it as well that also finished the race and, and they're fantastic to, to follow and really, again, embody the, the bold spirit. Right. As you see throughout the whole program, that the participants pull over on the side of the road and, you know, someone will run out with a, a nice fresh coconut or the school kids running down to, to greet 
the competitors as they ride past. It's just beautiful and really shows up not only our landscape and our terrain and experiences, but also the culture of the people. Right. Wonderful. Wonderful. And what other changes do you foresee moving forward from, you know, we've seen consumers have been day and night consuming in a digital space um, from the start of the pandemic. So is there any changes that you've adapted for your marketing strategies moving forward? Or was really digital a key focus, you know, before for you? Has that shifted in the way that you approach the new stage of marketing going into new normal? What are you focusing on now in that area? It's a great question. I think we're pretty broad focused, meaning that we don't take anything as an assumption anymore. We need to challenge everything. We're likely not going to get it right first time. We've just got to adapt and optimise what works, what's getting connection and getting to the best goals and, and achieving the best outcomes we can. A lot of it's framed up in our four stages of market re-entry. We've done a lot of forward thinking and planning about which channels might work best for which messages and which communication objectives we've got. So that's naturally guided a lot of it, but we will continue to test and challenge our assumptions and our practices until we can continue to optimise them and get confidence about what the future looks like and what consumers are looking for as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we're obviously seeing with the impact of the pandemic that budgets are very tight, you know, for many destinations now moving forward. Mm-hmm. Do you foresee that there will be a lot more collaboration? I mean, I know that you collaborate quite well anyway with stakeholders, but do you see there'll be a lot more partnership with stakeholders to maximise those budgets and, and even perhaps regions and countries working together in this new era to support, you know, the fact that we know the industry has been decimated with this pandemic? Mm. Do you mean at a, at a national tourism board level or as the broader? Yeah, both at a national tourism board level, but obviously countries that you may cooperate with as well to market specific countries, you know, within your area. The first point is we never look at any country to be a competitor, Yeah. Um, particularly in the South Pacific. There are neighbours, there are yeah. partners, and we're all advocates for that South Pacific yeah. brand, that iconic paradise vacation. Yeah. We work in tandem with the same messaging and the same outcomes that they're working towards. For, say, Australia and New Zealand, our closer neighbours, for a lot of travel, a lot of the long-haul travel, traditionally a lot of it is sold as a dual destination, so Fiji being an add-on to Mm -hmm. an Australia or New Zealand vacation, whether that's someone coming from Europe or Asia or, or even the Americas. So we work closely with trade partners in in those locations as well but historically I don't think we have had a partnership specific to other tourism boards but it's it's a great kind of question you've you've raised and probably something we should think uh, further about. Yeah yeah I, I think just the opportunity to collaborate more together and to sort of bring those budgets together in this challenging time you know could be an opportunity to rethink and I guess my question around that also applies to trade partners travel trade partners who Mm -hmm. have as you know had no funds coming in for the last you know six months they've been processing cancellations and refunds and actually have had no forward you know bookings come in so when 
travel does start to open up and they start to, you know, remarket to destinations, we know that that's going to be challenging for them because marketing budgets are not going to be there to promote those to the consumers. Is that something that Fiji Tourism has taken into consideration with your plans, to, you know, to support the global travel trade and and how you can do that when we know that the travel trade have been struggling? For Fiji, we are a package destination historically. Yeah. Largely because you get some incredible value through it it's and huge convenience. And we have very close relationships with our trade partners yeah. and really do feel for them through this time. We are in it together is, is what we discussed with them, and certainly there to work with them to re-enter markets and, uh, you know, work with them to with these really attractive packages that will be available through the rebate the government's providing right. to really try and bounce back as we can for when borders reopen. So trade will always remain such a pivotal part of Fiji's tourism industry and we're coming together in a virtual Fiji Tourism Expo for our Australian and New Zealand trade partners, Wonderful. Um, largely because a bit of anticipation that perhaps Australia and New Zealand will be the first to open to the destination under a bubble scenario. So that's happening at the end of this month and it's a great chance for us to showcase to all our trade partners all our campaigns and what we plan for when borders reopen to showcase the Care Fiji commitment, what we've done to get the destination ready and also showcase the outcomes of this packaging and rebate program to show the types of competitive packages that we can have in market. So right. We want to help them to be as prepared as they can so when the decision is made, we can go back with a really significant market-wide trade campaign to ensure that we can you know, get all those bookings back to Fiji where, let's face it, a lot of our hotels, we have very few forward bookings, so we've got a lot of ground to make up and that's what we're spending our efforts on planning and preparing for, Julie. Moving on to innovation as a topic, how has Fiji Tourism been able to innovate, you know, as a result of the pandemic? And have you seen a lot of innovation starting to happen amongst your industry stakeholders on the ground in Fiji? Mm, certainly our industry have. So they've yeah. adapted to having a local market through our Love Our Locals campaign and offering right. products and packages that are suitable for a local market. So that's been a big innovation, as well as more broadly, and something that is so pleasing to see as the tourism board is industry really giving back to the communities around yeah. them. And a lot of those communities have been impacted. The livelihoods of workers that may no longer be employed or be you know, on furloughed or communities that were sustained by the tourism industry. So the operators working with them, supporting them, rolling up their sleeves and really getting in at the grassroots level to support those that aren't so fortunate around them. Right. It's encouraging to see and, and we showcase all these positive stories through our own channels and an idea that the team came up with was to start our own good news channel. All right. And it's a program that we just put online and it's Happy Hour TV, which is really around showcasing all the positive stories from the destination, all those examples of where the tourism industry and businesses are helping communities or helping each other. And right. we share that out through YouTube. And it's just so popular. And 
it really impacts me. I get emotional when I watch it. Yeah, and I, I can imagine. Well, this is, you know, this is just reality and this is what people are doing to overcome it. Yeah. And, and it embodies that baller spirit. It's produced as much for our industry and our trade partners and those with the connection to the destination as much as consumers because we've all got to get through this. Yeah. And it's fantastic to share some positive stories in an otherwise time where there hasn't been that much good news. And has there been anything out of those stories that have really stood out to you? I mean, I'm sure there's a trend of lots of unique ways of different partners giving back and helping each other. But has there been anything you said that some of them make you quite emotional? Has there been anything that's really resonated? That It would be hard to just pick one. Yeah. Um, doing justice to, to all our businesses. Yeah. But I guess the emotional part is, is when you see those that are not those fortunate themselves or yeah. have been so impacted themselves, helping others that are even less fortunate is, is yeah. really quite emotional to see that everyone's helping each other to get yeah. through Yeah, no, that's great. And that's been in place since the start of the pandemic or just correct. before? Yeah, yeah, correct. Wonderful. So, and those are every day going up on YouTube, is that correct? Or Not every day. Okay. They come out about every month. So every month, if, okay. If you like, perhaps I can share a link to you that you might want to share with everyone else. Yeah, today. that's wonderful. Thank you. I'd love to have that. Thank you. And then moving on to trends, and we've been doing a lot of research since the beginning of the, the pandemic and, and talking to partners all over the world to get a gauge on, you know, different sentiments around what's going on. And as we talked about a little bit earlier, silo to integrated is definitely a trend that we're seeing much more of now. The other trend that we're starting to see shift is obviously people were moving from global to local in the pandemic, which we are aware of. And we will see a shift happening that people will start then moving back when, when borders open from local to global, but they'll want to be local. So what we're calling that now in this new trend is global. And there's really a heavier focus around conscious consumption, wanting to be connected to communities, wanting to feel that they're having authentic experiences. And I guess part of what you're doing with your existing campaigns plays into that. But is that something that you're preparing much more for as Fiji Tourism for the future? We are. I think first things first, get borders reopened, get our industry back on its feet. Yeah. One thing that we've been toying for a long time is, is Fiji is a sustainable destination just by its necessity for it to be archipelago in the Pacific of 333 islands. Yeah. We don't get a million tourists a year. You know, we'll never be a mass tourism destination. So that connection's always been there. Yeah. I think it's it's offering people more than that. And in Fiji, that bull of spirit, people in Fiji will give a lot without any want of a return or, or any expectation to visitors. And so visitors want to extend that hospitality back. So it's a type of destination where visitors can come to Fiji and leave it in better shape than they found it. Right. Um, by participating through a volunteerism program that are run through hotels or tour operators, some quite, you know, long formal programs, others a lot more modest around coral regeneration, supporting the environment or marine life. So there's lots of ways to give back. And we've always been trying to bring that to life a a little bit further and, and get more profile for it. And I think that's something that is likely to be fast tracked by us on re-entry and We'll see if there's demand for consumers for that. Right. They'll travel and then come and 
see the the direct impact that their trip is having on the lives of those around them, and it's pretty powerful. Absolutely, we get great feedback, particularly our business events groups. Yeah, and do a corporate social responsibility activity. Yeah, to go, wow, that's such an empowering thing that they've taken their delegates through and making a difference as a yeah. company when they're in Fiji. Yeah. Something that we'll be looking to continue to build on. Absolutely. And I think with the more conscious consumption now on consumers, people are going to want to know where their money, what their money is contributing to and how they can actually connect a lot more with that. The other trend that we're seeing on a global level is that, and this may apply obviously different for Fiji because you've always probably had a bit of a, a longer stay, but we're seeing that people may travel less but they will travel for longer. And that, again, is you know, very much focused around that conscious consumption of you know, traveling and what they're doing to the planet you know, through that. But they want to spend more time immersing themselves in the destinations and, and living a bit more of that local experience. I don't know if that will so much apply to Fiji because you have a reasonable length of stay anyway. But do you think that that's a trend that, you know, you might see shift a little bit and the average length of stay might increase a little bit more? I think it's a really interesting one to watch. We do have quite a good length of stay from both our long haul and our short haul markets. People do already very much immerse themselves in the destination when they arrive. So there may not be as many changes to us, but there might be changes within our neighbouring destinations or other yes. destinations, so that might then impact us indirectly. I'm fairly confident that we won't see a dramatic shift to Fiji in the first instance, but who knows? Absolutely. absolutely. And as I say, these are just trends that we're monitoring at the moment, but it's good just to have your opinion on it. And the other element is around pricing and added value. And, and you sort of touched on that earlier that, you know, that might be something that you're going to work very much with the global travel trade on is providing that sort of more added value through the partners on the ground. Again, is that something that's being looked at, you know, with a lot of consideration at the moment as you reopen? Yeah, it's critical. It's part of our all stages of reentry plan. It's a, it's yeah. a strategy that we need to deliver. Let's do the right thing by consumers. We've heard horror stories and, you know, consumers may naturally be a little hesitant. So let's take away, they have a barrier of making a financial commitment. Let's take it away by offering really reasonable, flexible terms and conditions. Good. And we're all for that and been advocating that across the destination. A big part of that is national carrier, Fiji Airways, leading the charge with their peace of mind policy and industry aligning to it and aligning through it. And when we come back to market through this travel stipend, businesses that are accessing that need to have this same peace of mind travel policy and need to align to be participating in the program. So it'll be across the destination that we'll be taking away the barrier if there was one for people to make a decision to have more flexible terms and booking conditions. We need it. Absolutely. There is an uncertain path ahead. And and if that's a barrier, let's take it away. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of, we talked about the, I guess, there's obviously a large volume of Fijians employed in the tourism industry and, you know, have not been employed, I'm sure, during this period. 
Has Fiji, as my government perspective, been doing a lot to upskill these employees so that when tourism does come back, you know, they remain sort of still connected and, and trained and, and upskilled to diversify perhaps in this time? That's a responsibility that our government are working on. Yeah. And I guess where I can probably add value to the conversation is more about Tourism Fiji. And the area where we have been working on is through this Care Fiji commitment, which is training, upskilling, resourcing of the wellness ambassadors and frontliners about how to operate and the expectations of service and health and hygiene in the new world that we live in. So that's where we've been playing for training our frontliners. And yes, government are working on broader to look at those exact opportunities that you've discussed, you know, reskilling, retraining, ensuring longevity of those workers and of our skilled tourism workforce. Yeah, absolutely. And my, my last few questions are more around, in your opinion, from what we've seen and what's happened to our industry and the impact on our industry, you know, as a result of the pandemic. There's been a lot of things that have come up during that time that, you know, we need to start shifting and changing. And, you know, many of the things that we're seeing is that industry sectors often were working in silo before where they need to be very much more integrated and collaborating across the whole of the tourism industry now. What do you think needs to change within our industry to ensure a sustainable future for businesses, for the planet, society and a stronger economy? from what you have seen during this whole pandemic? I think Fiji's really well-placed. As I said, we are very much sustainable by nature. Yeah. But a hugely collaborative industry. Every decision in Fiji, policy decision, impacts the tourism industry. Sure. With 40% of it being GDP, like ev- everyone's got to focus and every decision is, is quite integrated. So I think we're there with it. We just need to continue to work together and, course we can always do better and always strengthen yeah and probably the the area that we can do that is is every business thinking broader don't just think your business or your sector think you know as broad as you can and that's certainly how tourism fiji have approached this with the programs and strategies that we deliver we challenge ourselves to go it's not just our responsibility it's everyone's responsibility let's make sure everyone's coming along on the ride and we're all aligned and together we can succeed. Absolutely, absolutely. And then my last question for you, and I I know we've asked you a lot today, so thank you for your time on this. What advice from your experience so far would you give to other countries that are planning to open when it's safe to do so? And I know that everyone's at different stages as to what they've been through, but from your experience and what you've done within Fiji, what advice could you share that can help other industry partners, you know, worldwide or destinations? For destinations, stand up NTOs. This is the time where where industry and needs us more than ever. And we have a huge responsibility to lead. I can't tell you how much time I use in my job demonstrating the need for a national tourism board. No matter where I've worked in the world, it's the same. Now is the time that tourism boards are required more than ever. We need to lead. We need to lead confidently. We need to align our industry and come back with a strong plan to build back prosperity and build back our tourism industry right across the globe. As leaders, we need to really step up and think big, think beyond just our tourism boards and do programs as a destination. Challenge ourselves and think outside the box 
to achieve the imaginable. We're in an unprecedented time, and in that unprecedented time, we need an unprecedented solution. So think big, think bold, and hopefully all those tourism boards and destinations out there are, you know, taking on that responsibility and embracing it to be leaders because, you know, we can really all demonstrate to all our stakeholders and partners the importance of having aligned tourism destinations and the power of getting it right. So I hope there's always a silver lining and perhaps one is that at the end of the pandemic that we globally re-enter our markets as really aligned collaborative destinations that can be more in sync with each other to um, achieve and tackle further challenges and achieve further goals. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe I'm a dreamer, but let's see. Music to my ears, Matt. It's very much music to my ears. Matt, thank you so much for generously giving us your time and valuable insights today. And we really look forward to bringing you back in your new role on future panels as we work together on the future of tourism. I really wish you the best of luck with the work that you're doing and continue to do um, to support Fiji for the rest of your time there and obviously as you move into your new role um, you have you know uh, equally as much challenging times ahead 